2: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, November 5th, 2021. And here we are, the holidays are upon us here. And I I love the holiday seasons. It's uh, really fun. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, as you know. Uh, And that's what? Just three weeks from yesterday? Yeah. Now, almost everyone enjoys it, okay? We all like the food and having a day or two off from work and all those kinds of things. But holiday or not, you you still have the same work in front of you about building your own portfolio and managing it. It doesn't stop because of the holidays. What's nice about building a portfolio management, you don't have to look at it every minute, every day, and it's really not healthy even to do that. But you do have to pay attention. you got to work on it. But you don't, you know, I, I worry that people constantly look at it every day, every day, and every move of a stock, they analyze, oh, gee, maybe I should get out, maybe I should buy more, sell it, take profit, whatever. And that's really not a healthy way to look at a portfolio. You're building a portfolio for long term. Yeah, you have to watch it. You have to work on it, but you don't have to do it every day. You don't have to be compelled to do something. You don't. The hardest thing, and I think this makes women better investors than men, is you got to have patience because I think women have a lot more patience than men. You got to have patience, you know, and it's hard sometimes. It really is hard. So on this program podcast, I always start with the same thing, mission statement, independent thinking, church success, and that means I'm going to give you the facts. When you ask your questions, I look at my data, and I share with you that data and my knowledge of how to interpret the data. And I'll do it without any bias. I'll do it honestly. I'm Steve Peasley. I encourage you to contact me with your financial and investment questions, anything financial we'll talk about. And when you do, you get to drive the show in the direction you want. And if you never call, you won't. You, you just get to listen. I don't know why you wouldn't call if you have a question. What's the harm? If you have a question, don't you want it answered? Call. We'll answer it. Anything financial. So I would love for you to call right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, yeah, and you're, we're live right now. Eight 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 nine nine chart is a number. Eight 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 nine nine C H A R T. You can call right now. It's eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So let's get right to the first question. Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is Matt, and I'm from Miami, Florida. I am 27 years old, and I
0: recently left a company that I was contributing into a 401k for about five to seven years of my employment. I would like to roll this 401k into a Roth IRA, but I've already contributed the max amounts of $6,000 from my Roth IRA for the current tax year. I was just wondering if there are any rules and stipulations in terms of rolling this over or limitations. I read online that I was still able to roll it over and there aren't any limitations
1: even if it was over the $6,000 limit. Thank you very much and have a great day.
3: And the answer is yes. You can roll over a, uh, a 041K into an IRA uh, or a Roth IRA. You can also roll over a regular IRA to a Roth IRA without any limitation. But there's always that big but there. You're going to have to pay income tax. You're going to have to pay income tax on that money. Now, I'm not an expert on taxes. I'm not an expert in this area. So check with your accountant. He's the expert, not me, okay? But I don't, yes, you can roll it all over if you want to, okay? My focus point today is going to be, talk about Zillow. The Zillow shares plunge after it's been going down for some time, after the company exits its home buying business. This is an excellent lesson to learn. I've learned this lesson many times because I've made mistakes, but it's, it's this is one of the reasons I did not like Zillow. But this is an excellent lesson to learn for all of us, you know. And we'll talk about it in detail. Okay, Zillow. I even wrote about it in a market commentary, but I thought it was a very important thing to, for us to learn. Jobs number came down for last month. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about California needs to rely on natural gas. It's fascinating um what california's been doing for years and years and years and all of a sudden now that they we don't we have real shortage of energy they're moving to increase their supply of natural gas and they still this it makes from it makes no sense you're going to ruin your economy and i don't get that but we'll talk about it irs has increased the limits For 2022 401Ks and other tax-advantaged plans, in other words, you can put more money in it next year. So I'll briefly talk about that. So that's what we're going to discuss. Now, the market had a really good day. The Dow was up 204 points, the NASDAQ up 32 points, and the the S&P up 17. So had a good day. And what's really interesting is... You know what, what? The market was up better than that during the day. So why did it not continue to be strong? Well, I thought I, I I thought it was pretty strong, regardless of the facts that were out there that we can discuss later about why it didn't maintain its strength. But I also noticed, have you noticed the last two days the movement of gold sharply increased? And I'm thinking now, gold has been kind of weak this year, right? I still have positions. I'm not giving up on that, uh, my gold mining positions. But why did it move up sharply after the Fed announcement? Is there a relationship there? I think there might be. I think there is. I think the Fed is not worrying about inflation. And they said so. They're not really worried about inflation. But the market is worried about inflation. I think that's what's driving it gold the last day or two when the fed said they're not worrying about it the market said well i mean, let's push up gold because we're kind of worried about it a little bit okay but that's that's interesting i you know it, you have a comment on that i would love to hear it because i i like theories and i pay attention to what people say and you know fold it into what i believe and i'll tell you if i don't think you're right i'll tell you if i think you're right too so give me a call 888 99 Charter is the number, 888 992 4278. You'll listen to Invest Talk.
0: The time is getting closer. The free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World. Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. It's free, but you have to register in advance. Go to investtalk.com, click on the register button. Now, Steve and Justin are taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART.
3: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Will in San Diego. He wants to talk about quantum escape. Hi, Will. Hey. Uh, hi, Steve.
1: I heard you
2: talk the other day about solid-state batteries. Yes. And I... I think there's probably a number of companies that are in this area. There are, and but I, I looked at this ticker symbol QS, and I wondered what you thought of it.
3: Well, I, I, you know, I, I've mentioned this before on the show. That you know, I don't like buying companies. You know my rules, right? You probably listen to the show, right? uh, Well, you know, I don't buy companies that don't make money. But I always reserve a little bit, say, you know, that doesn't mean I never do it. I never buy Mm -hmm. companies that don't make money. But I always do that with a little bit of my money, and I'm cautious about what I do. And I've been buying Quantascape since it went public. Wow.
2: Well, that tells me something.
3: Yes, it should tell you something because they don't make money. They're not going to make money this year. They're not going to make money next year. They may go out of business. But QuantumScape has, QuantumScape has developed a, a a solid state battery that they say answers the questions of solid state battery technology. And one of the reasons why it's been moving up the last couple of days is they sent uh, sent out these test battery nodes of theirs for independent verification of what they say is true is true and the results came back and they met all the standards that they said that they would make so uh, this is the one thing one company that i think that i'm taking a shot at but with just a little bit of my money but I'll tell you this: I am going to keep adding. This is, I don't. This is not for clients. I don't add it for the clients' account because this is too right. risky, super risky. But I'll tell you this: I will be buying more of this stock on the down days, on the, when it when it gets. I think that they'll, they have one point five billion dollars in cash. They're going to burn through that, and the question is: Are they going to be able to come up with the technology they say they are? And I think that I think they have a shot at it that's why I'm investing in it my okay. personal my personal assets okay
1: oh okay Sounds well appreciate good. the question
3: thank, thank you Quantscape you. qs high high risk everybody 13 billion dollar company no money they don't even have any sales they do have patents anyways don't just jump into it make sure you understand what it is if you're going to do it my focus point today concerns the story behind the headline: Zillow shares plunge after company exit home buying business. Okay, so that's uh, they wanted to get into flipping business. What they wanted to do, anyways, we're going to talk about that in detail. I think it's uh, look. Okay, we're going. I guess we're going to get to it now. Zillow decided. You know who Zillow is? They're the company that you. You know, puts a value on all the houses around the United States. I don't know; it could be the world. Okay, and they had a nice business. They were selling advertising. I use Zillow myself, but I noticed when you know when I was using it that they their their prices were always off. They weren't off tremendously, but they were always off because you know they can't adjust for certain things. But they decided that they were the experts in real estate. Now they. <laughs> There is a vast difference between putting prices on real estate values and people looking that up and going to their website and doing that, and then as opposed to actually buying real estate, being expertise in buying the real estate and flipping it or buying it to sell at a profit. Two separate kinds of businesses, yes, are they related because it's about real estate, but as far as managing it, this is an excellent excellent message here excellent lesson for all of us when a company starts to get away from their expertise you have to be very skeptical about c- continuing to own that company now when i what am i saying they had no expertise in buying selling real estate they had none the only expertise they had was tr- putting value on properties basing on previous sales or whatever, and selling advertising on their website for people that would come to look at that, the values of their properties, right? They didn't have any experts of buying and selling properties, and then they got into it in a big, huge way, and they lost hundreds of millions of dollars doing it, and now they're getting out because they didn't know what they were doing. They're trying to flip houses on a grandioso scale. You know how difficult that is? They didn't know anything about real estate. They really didn't know it. They didn't know that business. So when you own a company and they get into something that is not their area of expertise, you doesn't mean you sell it automatically, but you start to get very skeptical. Companies tend to do that. When they're successful at one thing, they think they can be successful at other things. And they very often aren't can't if they buy other companies buy if zillow bought a real estate company that did that for a living i would feel more comfortable with that rather than them trying to do it themselves because they would buy the experts that are doing it and they can analyze whether that would work so it's a very good lesson to learn if you have a company trying to get into something that's totally out of their expertise be very careful it's Invest Talk Friday, and that means I'll soon be uh, sharing highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. That's coming up soon. In the meantime, give me a call, 888-99-CHART.
0: No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Steve or justin this is Dave from minnesota i just have a quick question about anglic eagle mining and kirkland lakes mining i own both of these stocks aem and kl and there's news that aem has recently bought kl but i own four percent of my portfolio in kl and i own four percent in aem i'm wondering if i should trim or sell one of these if i should trim or sell both and then reinvest that into a different gold mining stock or if I should just keep them both, I'll listen to your response on the podcast. Thank you.
3: That's an excellent question because what you know, you know the rule I have, as you know, is three to five percent of any one stock. And here you have two mining stocks that do the same thing, and they're combining, so that gives you eight percent of a particular stock instead of two stocks, four and four. What I would do was I'd cut I'd cut it back to four percent and buy another one. Because you don't the whole idea is to try to diversify to different, two different companies that one may be successful, one might not. Both of them may be successful. but if you only have one and it's not successful, you know you' you're, I'm, I'm talking about diversification here. I'm talking about spreading your risk around. That's what I want you to do. And when they combine two companies you own now you you increase your risk because you're so concentrated in one company. So I' just cut it in half and buy another company that's what i would do good question and good thought process you have know, to think that wait a minute maybe i need to do something about that so appreciate the call and i think that was a wise thing so today we had our jobs report come out and this is for october there's 531,000 new jobs which was more than expected uh, better than the adp report remember this adp report that came on earlier was you know five hundred thousand jobs too, but that was private sector jobs. Whereas this is private and uh, and uh, government jobs. Five hundred thirty one thousand reduced the jobless rate to four point six percent, and all that was better than expected. Okay, so also if you saw the increase in labor costs was in line with expectations. Okay, up four tenths of one percent. Previously, the month before was up six tenths of a cent. So that, that think about inflation. I always have that in the back of your head. So investors looked at those numbers, and say, "Great jobs report," and it didn't look like we're pushing the limits up on inflation in the in the in the salary. So you know, maybe you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why the market took off. At the same time, four tenths of one percent increase is not low. That's on the higher end. So maybe that's why gold went up as a hedge. Buy gold, you know, as a hedge against that inflation. Because even though it softened a little, it's still high. Always trying to figure out what's in people's minds, what's in the market's mind, what's what is going to affect what. Is the Fed going to come in? Uh, it, every all the investors are worried about the Federal Reserve coming in to being stronger than what they said they were going to do. Now they were came in very light went from the statement they made this week, okay, which was in line with what are you all, we all expected. Except in the inflation side, they were pretty dovish on the inflation statement, saying, eh, well, we're not worried about it. Well, the investors, I think, are more worried about it than them, but they like the fact the Fed's not worried about it because that tells them, well, they're not going to be in a big rush to increase interest rates, and that's not going to hurt, you know, hurt the economy, and therefore, you know, Maybe, the, you know, earnings were very good this last earnings report. Maybe uh, maybe we should be pushing stock prices up. See, it's always trying to figure out what's going to happen. And, see, and one of the things in the language of the stock market is you always got to read, you got to look forward and try to understand what's affecting the market because everybody else is looking forward. So you have to think about that. Okay, let's squeeze in another caller question. This came in earlier from Idaho. Uh,
2: Hi, this is Van from Northern Idaho. The question I have is on Gladstone Land Corp. I bought this at about 15. I bought it because I'd heard that people like Bill Gates were owning farmland, and it was one of the two REITs for farmland. It does specialty crops, and I want to see... What you guys think about keeping it as a long-term holding because the dividend's gone down quite a bit as the price has gone up. Thank you very much. Love your
3: show. Bye-bye. So this is a commodity play, raw land, farmland. As a read that owns 137, 137 farms, leased to 81 separate corporate and independent farmer tenants in Arizona, California, Florida, Michigan, and uh, Nebraska. Okay, it's a $803 million company, so it's not huge. Sales increased in the most recent quarter 34%. The sales have been increasing for two years every quarter consistently. Uh, earnings are going to be $0.73 cents a share next year up uh, up uh, 18%. It's a $25 stock. So it's not cheap. It's on the expensive side. Um, if I owned it, I'd probably... Take some profits off the table if it's gotten bigger than I'm comfortable with. Because it's expensive now. Turn equity is only 1%. The dividend is only 2.1%. So it's not like it's a huge dividend that I could rely on either. So I probably, I mean, it was up 15%, 16% this week. So I, I think I'd take some profits myself, personally. Uh, I would still own it. I just would not let it get too much of my purpose. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. So, we're here today. Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know everybody needs information, they need strategies, and I want to help. So, let's do that. 888 99Chart is my number. Give me a call. Got a question
2: for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. 888 99Chart.
5: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite.
0: The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve, this is Adam from Texas again. I'm calling today about ticker symbol MDC, Mike Delta Charlie. I know the uh, home building... Uh, It has kind of slowed down a little bit, but I'm wondering with the moratorium lifting or lifted, if that will increase the demand for housing in the market. But if you could let me know what you all consider uh, a fair value for this, if it's a a good one to buy right now, I appreciate it. Thanks. Love the show.
3: Okay, MDC, uh, it's out of Denver, Colorado. Build single family detached homes for first time and first time move up home buyers. Okay, so that's what they do. They're gonna make eight dollars and twenty seven cents a share this year, nine dollars and seventy-six cents a share next year, and it's a fifty-one dollar stock. So you would sell you probably would say, Oh, that's that's cheap. Well, the five year range, PE range is four to sixteen. So home builders don't usually have high ranges, okay? They don't. Uh, Return equity is very good at 19%. Looking at the fundamentals of the company, 23% owned by the management, you would say, man, that's a pretty good company. Sales have been up every quarter for the last four quarters. But you have to take a step back a little bit and look at it from a point of view of how's the home, how's a house market going to be? Because, remember, we're all looking forward. And this stock has peaked, um, what, it peaked around 60, 60, in the mid-60s and has fallen about the last couple of months. The home market, home single-family home sales market has peaked. We talked about that. Uh, It peaked a couple, three months ago. Okay, now it's on the downward slide. But the numbers are still coming in very good for these home builders. So the question is, is do you think the numbers are going to start to slide? Most, I think, experts believe so, and that's why the stock price is slowing down for a lot of these guys. So is it cheap? Yeah, it's pretty cheap. They're gonna be able to pay their not three point nine percent dividend? I think they will. But I think the days of moving up sharply are done. Are done. Because I think earnings are going to start to slow down. Not this year. And maybe not even next year, but the year after. So we're all looking forward. So it might have another run in it. But I, I I'm, I would stay away from it. I'd stay away from it. The KPP premium newsletter was finished today. And it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. Uh, and I always give you a little hint of what's in it. The market conditions section, the first section of the newsletter... I stated, for investors, the most highly anticipated event this week was the public expression of federal chairman comments following their meeting, the Fed meeting. Chairman Powell's statement was in line with expectations. This means that the Fed will start reducing their bond buying activities by about $10 to $15 billion a month, beginning in November this month. And that's just a small start to the process of tightening money supply in the United States. So we are now on the tightening money supply, tightening supply, not loosening anymore. That's going to be a very slow process. I mentioned that. After the Fed stops buying bonds and mortgages, it will then start bumping up interest rates from Powell's Comments wherein he spoke about the Fed's lack of concern over inflation, we can deduce that the money tightening process is likely going to be very slow. We might get our first interest rate increase in the last part of next year. Some Fed watchers think that that won't happen until 2023. Regardless, the market saw Powell's statement as one of dovishness and stock prices rose. Okay. ISM, I mentioned the various statistics. The ISM number came out. Factory orders came out. Jobless claims came out. The weekly job. So I mentioned, talked about those things. Uh, third quarter productivity fell sharply by 5% from a rise of 2.4%. Productivity fell 5%. Why? Because wages for the quarter were up, driving down productivity. Wage inflation, that was a quarter look at the wage inflation last three months. The most recent one was, remember, I just told you, just told you, up four-tenths of one percent, down from six-tenths of one percent the month before, right? It's always fun to analyze all these statistics. I enjoy it. Okay, uh, portfolio management section. I explained that many investors run into trouble with their retail sector holdings because retail competition is extremely fierce. Additionally, styles are always shifting, so earnings are often fickle. Evaluating the retail sector is difficult because many retailers have a variety of fashion lines or product offerings they constantly change from season to season. Who knows what's gonna be fashionable, and what's not. It's difficult. It's difficult. Bottom line, you gotta be careful of the returns. Okay? You need to concentrate on your analysis on four key metrics when you're looking at retail. And I went over to each metrics. Return on capital, return on assets, you know, key metrics. Okay? And a stock section, two, comp, two ETFs this week, two ETFs, exchange-traded funds, uh, one seeking the investment results that before expenses correspond to the price and yield performance of publicly traded equity securities of companies in the energy select sector. The other one uh, was an ETF, um, long-term capital growth in real inflation-adjusted terms, the, fa- the fund is an actively managed ETF. There's not too many actively managed ETFs out there. They're mostly passively managed. They're in sectors or follow try, uh, a uh, index. Of course, I name names in the newsletter, right? There's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter. Each week, it is easy to subscribe you can do it directly to InvestDoc.com, and after subscribing you'll get you'll get the full report every Saturday morning directly in your inbox. Now if this information raises questions in your mind, I encourage you to reach out just to Justin or I at KPP Financial, you can call our Irvine, California office or send us a message through the InvestDoc.com website. Okay. Let's keep the momentum going. I am going to pivot back to an Talk voice bank question, 888-99-CHART.
1: Hey, guys. Love the show. This is David from Minneapolis, and I just started investing this year and doing it through index funds. I'm getting kind of a late start. I'm 37. And there's a lot out there about diversifying the funds, maybe one that tracks the S&P, getting an international ETF or dividend ETF or bond. But I'm curious if there's any value, especially if you're getting a bit of a later start, into finding one that you believe in, like SPY or QQQ or something that tracks S&P, and just plowing as much money as possible into one fund to get that principal as high as possible, as fast as possible. Is there any value in that? What would you say to a beginner who's using index funds as the primary strategy? Would you say get three or four funds, diversify? Or would you say plow it into one that you believe in to get the principal up as high as you can as fast as you can just curious if you have any thoughts thanks so much
3: yeah investing in an index index fund remember it's already diversified so if you invest in an sp500 that's 500 companies you're buying you can concentrate on that there's nothing wrong with it you can put all your money in that fund when people talk about diversification well if those 500 companies there's there's growth companies, there are blue chip companies, there's mining companies. There's, and many of those companies make money from o- o- outside the United States, so you are getting some foreign exposure. So there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. As you become more knowledgeable and understand how markets work, you, you'll probably get, you'll probably say, well, gee, I'm going to diversify a little bit. Maybe I'll go into a fund that concentrates on dividend-paying stocks. Or, or concentrate on an ETF that just in the tech sector, because I want a little bit more exposure over there. But that's that only comes with knowledge, you know, that you have to garner over time. If you don't want to, you don't have to. You can just buy the in major index funds. You'll be fine. No problem. I mean, do you realize, everybody out there listening to this show, do you realize the indexing beats m- – managed funds managed pretty people like me pretty consistently you can just do indexing you don't have to hire anybody if you don't want to don't now if you have you want to take less risk in the market or you want to do something a little bit different that's when you start hiring people okay you want to manage the risks of your portfolio and of, you know of what the money you have yeah you may need help with that yeah, yeah, you know. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have a lot of choices like in their 401Ks. You may need some guidance there. There's all kinds of ways you need guidance, and that's what we we uh, in the business do. The problem with hiring a manager is you have to make sure you get the right one for you. And how they make money is extremely important. You don't want one who just sells you things that makes them lots of money. Annuity is a prime example. Prime example, commissions on annuity for the person who sells you annuity is very high. They love that. Insurance products pay high commissions to the salesperson. So just be very careful. Okay, um, almost every podcast, I take a minute or two to talk about us, uh, KPP Financial, Irvine, California. Um, Justin and I own the company. Um, We talk about parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves and our own portfolios as we do for our clients at the same time, same percentages so that you know we have the same performance. We try, we, we stay with that. We call it parallel investing. We try to provide them you know we try to provide guidance to our clients and it's always unbiased. We don't pay for any information. We pay for data, but we don't pay for somebody else's opinions of that data. If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, free portfolio view, we do, review, we do that. You just send us a message through investtalk.com. We'll do that. Send us an email, ask the questions, and call our offices. You know, it's easy. We want to help you. We will help you, and we want to. It doesn't, always, it doesn't have to become a client. You don't have to. And on Fridays, I generally give you a quick rundown on the benchmark numbers. Two-year treasury was uh, at 0.4%, 0.4. It was 0. 0.475 last week. A little higher the week before. 10 year treasury, 1.46. Last week was 1.54. That's telling you the spread between the two and 10 year is squeezing a little bit. It's not in any danger of signaling a, a recession, but it's no longer expanding. It's a squeezing. Okay, just so you know. Gold price, 1808 announced. Last week it was 1782. Silver, twenty-four oh two. Last week was twenty three eighty seven. Oil was selling at eighty-one dollars a barrel. Last week it was eighty-three. Coming down a little bit. And the national average of gasoline down to three dollars and forty two cents or up three dollars and forty two cents. Last week was three forty. Up a couple pennies. California, it's always the highest there. Four dollars and sixty two cents. Why is it highest here? It shouldn't be. It's all about politics here in California. You know they—they're really trying to ring the driver. You know, in different different ways. High high taxes for gas. Uh, so it's four sixty-two this week. It was four fifty-eight last week. Three weeks ago is four forty-six a gallon. We're paying five dollars a gallon for premium. And you know, if Mississippi gas, Mississippi three dollars and ten cents. Yeah always irritates me when i talk about how much costly more costly gas is here in california when it could be it's just as low as any place else but it's about politics it's nothing more than that nothing more 888 99 chart 888 992 4278 love to talk to you you know we we talked about the statistics that came out and we talked uh, not that i'm beating up on california i live in california as you know but you know we we have very poor policies here. We've been trying to get rid of or cut down our natural gas. We're trying to have a less footprint out there for carbon, right? But natural gas is a pretty clean energy source, and California's been trying to restrict it. They don't allow any more pipelines to be built, and and they were trying to sh- they're trying to shut down. There's a Liso Viejo storage facility. And, uh, they, they all of a sudden, now that we, they find out that we're gonna, we are really short on energy. This week they decided to change their mind about the natural gas, uh, but only temporarily because the supplies are so low. Okay. And prices are so high because you're squeezing demand is going up but you're squeezing supply. Of course, prices are going to be so high. Your actions squeeze supply. If you don't have enough pipelines to bring in enough gas because the demand is going up, and you want natural gas for one reason besides heating homes, also to generate electricity. We are going to need a lot more electricity if we want electric vehicles. And now you're driving up because you don't want the supply of natural gas. You won't allow any more. You only want wind and solar, which is fine, but it's very expensive. So what we're going to do is drive up the cost to run our electric cars, not be able to charge them to such an extent that they're going to be just as expensive as running electric cars, gasoline cars at some point. Because of the actions, just it, it, you gotta produce electricity somehow. And 888-99-CHARTERS is our number everybody, give me a call.
0: This is Invest Talk For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888
1: 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Pete from uh, Staten Island, New York. I had a question regarding the company Westco, ticker symbol WCC. Kind of like with their position for nuclear power, especially um, with the favor of nuclear power coming into play. It's a little overbought, it seems like. It's, less. its It's chart for this year is insane. Just wondering where you think I should pick this up or if you think I should pick it up. Thanks. Bye.
3: No, I like it. Westco International Company, it is a $6.8 billion company, dollars worth, distributes industrial, electrical, construction, maintenance, repair, and operating supplies. It's going to be $8.92 this year, 73% increase from last year, and another 15% increase next year, $10.24. Uh, And it's a $136 stock. So you're talking about a PE of what? About 13, 14 based on next year's earnings? And the PE range is 3 to 20. These industrial companies don't ever carry high PE ranges. But sales growth is doing well, up 14% the most recent quarter. I would, I agree with you. I think it's a little extended. Um, I'd probably see if I can get it on a pullback. If it pulled back to the 121... 22 area, 120 to 122 from 136. That would be ideal to me, um, but I would not chase the performance at this point. Symbol is WCC, everybody. West Coast International. You know, another commodity type play stock. Okay. 88.99 chart. You know, um, the IRS next year is increasing your limit to contribute to your 401k and your IRAs, Okay? 401k is going for 2022. It's going from 20,500 uh it's going to 20,500 from 195 this year up a 1,000 bucks. Okay? Uh also your IRA uh, limits are going uh, con- uh contributions uh based on your in salary in other words you know, if you make X amount of money, you can't contribute to your IRA. Well, the salary limits are going to increase between five and $10,000. So that's good news if you've been stopped because you make too much money and you couldn't contribute to your IRA. Now, these changes are all from the IRS, and you need to talk with your accountant to make sure that you don't Make a mistake on your contributions. Don't just listen to me. Check with your accountant. But they are changing for 2022. So pay attention because it's going to impact your taxes. And you need to think about your taxes this year. This year, if you have capital gains, you took realized capital gains in your stocks accounts, on your non-retirement stock accounts see if there's any unreal capital capital losses you can take to offset those capital gains. You start to think about it now here in November. Don't wait till December 31st. Don't wait till the very last week of the because you'll be busy. Think about it now. Okay? So tax season is upon us. Your you the year-end stuff, you got to contribute to your your 401k, you know you got to do it this year. IRAs you can actually put money in next year for the last year, for this year, so they're not so pressed there. But think about it. Think about what you need to do, everybody. IRS is changing the rules in to help us. Okay, the market was up today, 204 points on the Dow, 32 points on the NASDAQ, and 17 points on the S&P. It uh, looks like gold has had a couple of very good days, but until they break over the two thousand mark,
0: hmm,
3: yeah, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about it. Okay, so we'll see if that happens. And let's see, next week they don't have a lot of economic numbers. Remember, holiday season's coming. Um, I wrote in the newsletter about shopping. If you're if you're out there shopping for This holiday season, there's going to be a hard time finding certain high-tech items. So if you're going to buy those things, you might not wait till the last minute. you got to probably do it now. So think about that. You know, holiday shopping, you do it earlier. You really should. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another InvestOrd program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about us, about the free podcast downloads. We would appreciate that. Um, you can get your free downloads anytime. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and be sure to review us and rate us if you do download on iTunes, I appreciate that. Any bad thing is share success, this is the best talk everybody, enjoy your evening. Because
2: of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.